0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Saville Congregational United Church of Christ, where we like to say you are welcome long before you arrive, because that's true. And so we're happy you're with us today, however it is you're joining us, from wherever you may be joining us. Thank you for being here today. And a special call out to Mike Jane and his family. Mike finished his time with Seville Ferry officially on April 30th, 2020, after 55 years of being part of that organization, a captain for many years. Mike has captained 42 consecutive Easter sunrise services, taking us out there in the morning, Mike and his family, and we are so grateful, and we want to thank Mike for for everything. Uh, If you have a chance, we took some pictures and some video, which you can take a look at on our eChimesTV.org, eChimesTV.org. You can find it right there. And if you're somewhere where you can't get to that for some reason, you can just put in www.captainmike.us, and you'll find him there, as well as on our website, www.savillucc.org. So thank you again for joining us, and we begin this morning's worship with the ringing of the bell, and Sean leading us in with our prelude. Thank you.
1: Hi, Sayville.
2: It's Sean and Sam here, and we just wanted to check in. It's been a long time since we've been together. As some of you know, uh, Sam and I have both had the coronavirus over the last several weeks, and we've actually gotten over it at this point. And at a medical checkup this week, Sam had the chance to actually get tested for the disease. And the good news came back earlier uh, Thursday that she is totally negative, No more coronavirus. Yay! (laughs) So it was certainly a scary time, and uh, we're glad to have it behind us. We hope that all of you are staying safe and you are healthy, and we're sending you lots of love and healing if you are dealing with this. I have been getting lots of really sweet messages from you every week, and I'm glad that you're enjoying the music I've been sending in. I am recording out of my home and uh, doing the piano and the vocals all myself, and sometimes even overdubbing extra harmonies, (laughs) which alerted a few of you to my little tricks that I'm getting up to over here.
1: I am not singing. I do not want to (laughs) grace your ears with that pain.
2: So anyway, we just wanted to check in, let you know we're all doing well here, and send you lots of love. I can't wait to be back out in Seville again soon, and until then, take care.
1: Bye.
3: Welcome to all. As we like to say, you're welcome here long before you arrive. That is true always, and especially on this day, Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. My name is Susan Ryan, and I invite you to join me from home or wherever you may be in today's call to worship, adapted from Psalm 5. Give your ear to our words, dear one. Consider our meditations. Hear us bearer of love, please, for we make our prayers to you. Oh, uh... in today's unison prayer from joseph h gilmore's gather the hearts gather to thyself into thy quieting softening presence all those who have been hounded into closets where in fear and trembling they hide from us and from themselves and from you gather into one place of light and peace the hearts of us all that our seasons of ignorance and hatred might end at last gather us around a gospel which forgives in the twinkling of an eye loves in and out of season hopes whether the winds are favorable or not, refuses injustice at every turn. Gather us around the prayer for a kingdom in our midst.
0: And so we assure one another of God's love, especially when we're in times such as these, but really always. And God's love is always there. If we forget, it's because maybe you're like me. I have a built-in forgetter. I lost Tuesday this last week. I just need to be reminded. And so this assurance of God's love is what those banners say behind us on either side of the crucifix, that we are not alone, and that God and this Christ, this Spirit is with us in all the ways you understand that. So be assured of God's love. And now, as we remember these things and hold that assurance closely, let us offer that in a sign of peace to one
3: another, and so through the amazing technology we share, embrace all in the more amazing spirit that holds us in the abundance of God's love, let us offer one another a sign of peace. We assure your voices and ours will be all heard. May the peace of the risen Christ be with you, and with you as well. And also with you.
4: <laughs> and with you, Ray, the peace of Christ be with you. And may yes. the peace of the risen Christ be with you this morning. Hey everybody. I hope everyone's doing great and I miss you all. I hope to see you guys soon. Love you.
1: Peace.
2: And also with with you. you.
1: Peace be with you and in your
0: spirit. And also with you.
1: Namaste.
3: Peace be with you. And also with you. Peace be with you. And also with you. And peace. And love be with you all, and also with you. Peace be with you,
4: and also with you.
3: Peace be with you, you. you. and
4: And also also with also with you. Peace be with you. Peace be
1: with you. We miss you. We love you. Take care. Peace be with you, and also with you.
4: The singing bowl is a symbol of our spirituality, and all of this goes together, and we have heard and we have been taught, do not be afraid, I am with you, and that is basically the way we feel, and the way that we are with people and with you and with each other is through the ministry of our church, so this is our basis, this is our strength, this is our heart. This is our love. This is where we come from. And we pay it forward in this way to other people. And the lion and the lamb are also a symbol of what we advocate, that people of yes. different backgrounds, different feelings, different beliefs are able to live harmoniously together, such as they are here.
3: Um, this, is our, this is the symbol of the refugee mission that we, we started This past year. We also are trying to get the word out the differences between refugees and immigrants.
4: And we'll continue with the Victorian tea. This is not just for us. Many people don't realize what an outreach program this is. Many people don't realize how many little old ladies come. And look forward to it every year and really enjoy themselves and enjoy sitting and talking to others and meeting others and possibly making friends that they can continue conversations with once the tea is over outside of the church. So it is an outreach program. It's not just for us. That that is for everybody.
3: Uh, This is our ministry next door. Um, It was having friends in. It is is now sharing a meal. (laughs) Um, they service a lot of the community and provide food for people who are in need, and it's an important way that we help to serve our community.
4: So this represents the court, and we also included a history of our church because our church has always had a history of justice and standing up for things that we believe in and that that we believe are right.
3: Our first reading is from Mary Oliver praying it doesn't have to be the blue iris it could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones just pay attention then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate this isn't a contest but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak the gospel of John 14 verses 1 through 14 the message don't let this throw you you trust God don't you trust me There is plenty of room for you in my Abba's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live and you already know the road I'm taking." Thomas said, Rabbi, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. No one gets to where I am going apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know God as well. From now on, you do know my Abba. You have even seen Abba by seeing me. Philip said, Jesus, show us your Abba, then we'll be content. You've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand. To see me is to see my Abba. So how can you ask, where is the Abba? Don't you believe that I am in the Abba and the Abba is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I just don't make them up on my own. The Abba who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. Believe me, I am in my Abba and my Abba is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things because I am on my way to the Abba, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the ab will be seen by who you know in me. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do.
0: This morning, I wanted to talk about prayer a little bit because I think we're all praying a lot and it made me think about, okay, I'm praying, but what is prayer? What is it? And what is prayer in days like these? especially, and to whom, or for which concerns and joys do we pray? You know, being a teacher gave me a wonderful career, and I think of it at this time, because it also gave me an opportunity to contribute to others individually and in a way that contributed to the common good. From the beginning of my career as a teacher at age 40, I came to realize that I would never likely know the impact of whatever it was that I was doing as a teacher might have on the students, or even the staff, or the parents, the guardians, or the community as a whole. Now and then, now and then, I, I would receive positive feedback about something we had done in class, or even after a student had left, I would get some notice, or even a note saying, thank you very much, it really, it's so wonderful what you did for me, and, and that's really touching, that's really very touching. But most of the time, I would never know. Kids come to school, they have teachers, they go on to the rest of their lives. And for a few moments with others, I have a chance to touch their lives in what I hope is a positive way. But I do know that based on what I remember about my teachers and even mentors that I had had or people that I've heard say things who would never know who I was, that have had an impact on me. So I knew that what I was doing had the great potential for being helpful. And I knew I was in something that just wasn't going to be able to be added up. That sure, I could count the number of days I taught, the number of years I taught, the number of classes I taught, the number of classes in a day, the number of students that I had. And that would never add up next to anything that would give any indication of exactly what it was I had been involved in, in a broader sense, in contributing to the lives of others. It had to be enough for me that What I was doing, what I felt called to do, what I enjoyed doing, it was being helpful. And the rest, where that went, as with all other things, was in God's hands. And I think praying is like that too. I put it out there, and I know it changes people's lives, conditions, it changes the world. I know that. I just don't know how. You know, I grew up in the Bronx, and I went to grammar school in the same school for eight years, St. Francis of Rome. In religion class, I remember learning about saints. We learned about saints all the time. These amazing people who prayed all through their lives, were faithful in, in amazing ways all through their lives, and through whom miracles occurred. Amazing things happened. And I had this enthusiastic determination for divine intervention. There's a mouthful. Enthusiastic determination for divine intervention. I figured if I prayed enough and I prayed well enough and I prayed hard enough, I could too be involved in this miraculous demonstration of God's amazing presence and wonder and love in our lives. I was taught that, or I think I was taught that. It is what I remember, but you know that? didn't last. That determined enthusiasm started to fade away a little bit because I started to learn that things didn't always happen that you prayed for. Most profoundly, grandma never came home from that hospital when I was 11 years old, no matter what the prayers were I said or anyone else. But I kept thinking it was me, you know. It was almost a form of shaming. There was this like prayer shaving. It was my fault. Grandma didn't come home. Or at least if I had known how to pray better. If only I had prayed more. If only I was better. That was hard stuff for a kid. But I kept trying. You know, boy, I kept trying. Disappointments and all. As the years progressed, it's funny. Sometimes what I prayed for happened. Sometimes it didn't. Mostly I never knew. I can remember prayers for peace, gatherings for peace. We're going to pray in the peace. We're still working on that. So something I didn't understand or I didn't get right, but mostly I internalized it. I thought I was doing something wrong. Sometimes it came out like, well, you know, what are you doing this for? You don't even know what you're doing. That didn't help. (laughs) That made me feel even worse. It was hard because even when I would ask questions, in, in the grammar school mostly, I started to get quiet about this as I got older for a lot of different reasons. But even in grammar school, I would ask a question like, well, how come, or how come this didn't work? And there were catechetical responses to the questions. There were answers to the questions and questions to the answers. And that was it. And you just sorta of were supposed to take that and that was it. Don't question it. Don't, don't be unfaithful and question things. It didn't help, because it started giving me this sense of being an outlier, that I wasn't a part of this. I was I was getting this so wrong, and I couldn't tell anybody I was getting it wrong, because as soon as I tell somebody I got it wrong, who knows what's going to happen? And it was during a time of corporal punishment, so there was some of that stuff, and I didn't really want any more of that. But, you know, a lot of that was just a kid growing up inside his own head, and but really trying, 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 and then along the way, finding out that I was gay, we didn't really have that word for it at the time, but I knew something was going on. And that sense of an outlier now took on a location of the closet because, boy, things were just really getting messed up. It, it was really messy. But what I didn't realize is that with most of what I'll refer to as a question-and-answer theology, that the people that are frequently giving you the answers, I didn't realize it, that they were uncomfortable with this too. But there was this underlying thing, you know, you just were obedient, be obedient, do what they tell you, don't question it, if it causes you pain, it's for your good, submit yourself to it, suffer if you have to, and if there's a part of you that's no good, if you have to hate that part to get rid of it, then you should hate it, self-hate, you know, and that's what I recall. Actually, it's what I internalized. It's what I ended up with. Were those exact words spoken? Who knows? But that's what I got. What I didn't realize, and what I've learned, and I'm learning more about, is that all of that, what I called catechetical responses, question and answer theology, it was all part of something. Like prayer is part of something. What I didn't realize, what nobody said to me is, hey, look, Ray, you know, you're, you're, tightening this self, you're tightening this up on yourself too much. Let in a little air. Let in a little light. Let your prayer be a little more expansive. Because if you do that, you might just start to find out things are different than what you think. You might just discover that what we say here that I love is that God is not done speaking with us yet. Or as the slogan of the United Church of Christ was at one point, I think it still is, is never put a period where God has put a comma. Mm Mm-mm. It's funny what a great difference that makes, right? Just add a little light. Add a little air to it. Open up your mind a little bit more and you will discover things that you never even imagined and you won't have to understand them when you don't have to worry about getting it right or wrong. Just pray. Let the light in. Let God in. (laughs) I wonder... What would have happened had that been the teaching that I and others got about prayer? Okay, look, maybe something like this that I wrote down. Learn to pray. Let, let's say they taught us this, okay? Here's what, we, here's what we want you to do. Ray, learn how to pray so that you can pause for a moment and have a conversation with God. That, that's really what prayer is, Ray. And however you know God, that's fine. Don't worry about the name that you call God by or if a sunrise really strikes you as, oh my God, there, there you go. Have that conversation, pause and pray. And no matter what, know that when you pray, give it a chance, you'll hear what you need to hear. But what you need to know always is that you are deeply loved, that God loves you no matter what. And boy, can you celebrate in that. You're not doing anything wrong. Prayer's different than what you think it is. And you're not God. God is God. So don't worry about controlling the outcomes of your prayers, because you can't. Okay? If somebody has said that to me or to others, I don't know. As I say it now, it feels like somebody would be releasing those supports on a Saturn rocket as the thrusters are about to take over and lift it up. I can feel that rising in me. It's like, okay, Scotty, here I come. Beam me up. Okay. So that's good, right? But still... What is prayer? What does it do? It changes everything. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how. So maybe some might say, all right, look, I'll tell you what. Forget about how prayer works. Just tell me which ones to say. Which words should I use? Tell me the prayers to say so that I get this right. My answer to that would be, well, I mean, I have some prayers that I like to use, but I don't know if they're right for you. And I can hear the echo. Boy, well, you're no help. You really are no help here. All right. I'll tell you what. Try this. Keep it simple. Let your prayer be to God. God, dear God, God as I know you, God, please help me. And then, if you want, <clears throat> you can say after add a name to it, God. However, you know God, God, please help this person, this condition, and do it without being specific about the outcome. Do it without asking for an outcome; just ask God to help, and let God do the rest. Continue to take the actions of doing what you can do. And then when you can't do anything more, probably even before you get to that point along the way, just keep praying, God, please help. I know I can't do all of this. I'll do what I can. But please help with the rest. This is how I see prayer. It's it's like if I pray and ask God for whatever it is that I need God to be able to do in whatever the conditions are that I'm asking for God's help, however I may be engaged in doing things or doing my part, that I have reminded myself in prayer that we are loved, everyone is loved by God, we are not alone, and with our hearts and with our actions, we can bring all of this to others. We can change things without doing much more than what we can, and with prayer. In effect, I think, what we do is we sort of take everything that's going on, we wrap it up and we give it to God, and then, in this irrevocable connection we have with the divine that we know in different ways, God does the rest. And formal prayers are, for me, you know, there's formal prayers, some of them I love. I love. I love the tradition that I remember saying them. They bring me back in time. They're like time machines. The cadence, the poetry, the voices that I've heard speak them in the past, or the music that goes with them, they stir me to this sort of conversation of prayer with God in the ways that I'm speaking of. They are not the end to prayer, these formal prayers that I use but the beginning of prayer in a way that's beyond anything I was ever taught or thought possible and it is still beyond anything that I understand or think is possible and that's amazing that's fabulous that's good news and yes there are outcomes sure there are but you know that's not the reason for prayer I said that before The reason for prayer, and I'll say this again, is to remind myself that God is here, is there. And that God will be here, God will be there, regardless of the outcomes, whatever they are. And in that eternal presence of God, that love is the power of the universe. In ways I can't imagine. And we tap into that with prayer. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Don't look for it. Don't try to find it. Just give it some light. Give it some air. Give it a try. You know, I'm speaking to you, but really I'm saying that for myself. So if it helps you, that's great. But it reminds me of what Mary Oliver said that Susan read for us. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention, then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but a doorway, a doorway into thanks and a silence into which other voices may speak. That breath within the breath, right? And John's reading this morning, for me, it fell right into place. Because all of this seems so, you know, people will say, oh, it's new agey, it's this. No, 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 no. This goes back. And John says, when he says that Jesus said this, Jesus said, according to the message, don't let this throw you what I'm teaching you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. Don't let it throw you. And then Thomas says, but... You're telling us to follow you. We don't, we don't know where you're going. Where are you going, rabbi? What are the prayers we say? How do we do them right? How do they get them to where we want to go? And, and it's, it's, it's so simple. Jesus says, follow my teachings. How many times did he say, follow my teachings? Just follow the teachings. Trust God. Trust me. Trust the process follow the teachings and pray could it be that such an action that that's all that's needed could it be that that's all that's needed that nothing about imposing my teachings on someone else nothing about demanding specific outcomes to particular situations nothing about people doing things my way so that God loves them because you're living in sin none of that follow my teachings what are they? You'll know them. Just follow them. Huh? Pray. You'll know. You'll remember. And, and I love Philip because Jesus turns to him when he's doing this questioning and part of it. He says, Philip, you've, I've been with you all this time and you don't understand? Hey, Philip, don't feel so bad. Oh, it takes a long time. We, we haven't gotten it either. And then John says that Jesus says something, another Jesus amazing statement. He says, the words I speak aren't just mere words. I didn't just make this up. That's Jesus. These are not just words or just actions of following teachings. They are not mere words or actions. They're not just made up based on relevancy or some particular objective in mind to get a group of this is real stuff this is however you understand it heaven to earth earth to heaven stuff it's powerful and it's empowered by the all powerful and it's and it's ours Still don't know how to get there all the time, but I know it's ours, and that's a good start, right? So there's been much loss in these last several months, and there's probably a lot more to come as we slowly emerge from this time we never predicted we would be in, ever, ever, ever. But even in this emergence, Jesus tells the disciples follow the path, and you know, there's always only been one path, whether you're Jewish. Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, what, there's one path, and it's broad enough and it's wide enough for all of us in all the ways we find God. And it is that path through all of these things that takes us further. And along the way, because of the teachings we follow, because of our prayer, because of who we are and how we are loved, we get to be of use. We don't get the outcomes we want, we get outcomes sometimes we we pray would never happen and they do but that's not what it's about whatever it is we follow the path with each other that's why it's so wide so we can go together not mere words I talked to Jesse and Randolph yesterday. You you saw them in the passing of the peace and they were on the boat. And I was preparing these these comments and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? What is prayer? And Randolph says something that I've heard him say before. It's communion. I like that. It's communion. And then I said, Jesse? And he said, it's a visit with the ineffable Think of someone that you've visited. Just visit it. Think of somebody that you visited with, and it just the visit, maybe even not remembering anything about what you talked about. Maybe there was nothing to talk about, but you just visited, and you felt, gosh, you felt better. It's like that. If that works with one another, how much more so when we start to embrace this idea that, or continue an idea, for those of you who have developed this, that we can visit with God, how much will that lift our spirits? Or has the potential to do so? So it's like that. At least, it's like that. If we see prayer and meditation as a conversation with God, if we think of a good conversation with listening and speaking, If we remember that God is still talking with us through others, mostly is where I hear God speaking. I hear God through you all the time. And then we share this that we have with others. If we do all that, the questions are still there. What is prayer? And what is prayer supposed to be like in these days? To whom or to which concern do we pray? The questions are still there. And I say, it's your prayer, however you pray. And however you pray, just remember, remember you are deeply loved and you are not alone. And if we share just that with others, that no matter what you are loved, let's go from there. I'll change the world in no time flat if everybody got that. And come to think of it, this all sounds like a prayer. Go in peace, my friends. Much love. Amen.
5: Here open our minds May your spirit among us Help us to find You are rising up now Like a fountain of grace From the holy ground Here in this place Here in this place here, open our minds. May your Spirit among us help us to find you are rising up now like a fountain of grace from the holy ground. Here in this place, here in this
3: Please take a moment to consider the joys and concerns that you hold in your hearts and thoughts. When you have a moment, please send them to Ray by text or email so that he may list them in our eCharms newsletter. If you wish your prayers to remain confidential, just let Ray know and they will be remembered in his daily prayers without being listed publicly. With these thoughts and more, these prayers and more, the love we share and the more love that is showered upon us, let us pray together the prayer of Jesus as you learn to pray it. Our Father, We thank you for your support of Saville Congregational United Church of Christ and each other in these times we share. We appreciate folks your donations whenever you're able. Please know that you can mail these to the office. The mail is collected daily. Most of all, stay safe and let us know if there is any way we may help you or others you know of who would appreciate a touch of our hospitality.
0: And so with the peace of the risen Christ, with the prayer that brings you closer to the light and to the air and to the power and mystery of God, in a way that doesn't pray for outcomes but gives thanks for the visit, for the time, for the breath within the breath, and for the chance and for the chance to be of use to others. As we travel this broad highway together, go in peace. Know you are deeply loved and yes, please continue to pray.